Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Good morning and welcome to episode of the Full Press Raiders podcast. Well, it is yet another trip to Kansas City, and there's only one person I'm going to talk to. He is the managing editor of FPC Chiefs. He is also the social media manager for Full Press Coverage. One of the greatest writing stories that I've seen as a writer during my time. Let me give you a quick synopsis. Man started, it was just him, and he just kind of plug along and got it right. He honed his craft to be one of the better writers out there and pretty much the chief go-to writer. Brayden Holichek, good morning. How are you, bro? I'm doing really well. I appreciate the kind words. It's uh, it's great to be back on with you again, Terry. Hey, man, it is, it is always a good time and it's always family. Now, huh, since the uh, Raiders last played the, the Chiefs, the Chiefs have been on a monumental role just does this feel as though they have gotten things back to where they left off, or do you feel as though this feels different? Yeah, I think I think it's a little bit different just because I think there's kind of that sense inside the team that they're still not even executing at the, at the highest level that they could be. Um, I think offensively that's kind of where uh, people are still kind of waiting uh, to kind of see what they saw in the game at Vegas to kind of come consistently week after week. Um, I, I think it's just kind of a little bit of right now of just still kind of communication issues on that front. But I think defensively this is something that um, we've kind of seen them year after year start slow and then get it picked up. But the turnaround this year just kind of feels different on that side of the ball. I, I think overall I think this is a, 
it's kind of a different mindset maybe than what we've seen defensively compared to the last few years. Since their last loss, which was October 24th against the Titans, the Chiefs have given up only 400 yards once, and that was to the Broncos. And it, sorry, 400 total yards, that's to the Broncos. When you look at how things have changed defensively, what is the biggest thing you can look at defensively as a hint and kind of a, a harbinger of where things are going to go for the Chiefs, like the biggest change we've seen? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is kind of just being a little bit more, I think, determined to kind of, you know, know that they can go out there and make uh, stops behind the line of scrimmage. I think the biggest thing as well is just, I think, more fundamentals. And I think this is the time of year where this team really understands this is kind of where your fundamentals have to be, have to be correct. And um, I, I think just kind of putting teams in longer downs and distances, being more opportunistic with takeaways and, and a little bit more stout in the red zone, uh, may seem kind of cliche, but I think just kind of dominating in those areas, uh, excuse me, areas was kind of the biggest turnaround for this defense. Now, when also you look at the defense and when they have given up touchdowns, they've given up one thirty-seven yard touchdown to Brian Edwards, and that was their last big play. Like they gave up a twenty-yard touchdown to Alan Lazard, but. It's been single-digit or barely double-digit plays. And speak to Steve Spagnuolo's, Steve Spagnuolo's his evolution this year from what you've seen. Yeah, I think I think some of it's actually getting out of his own comfort zone just a little bit. I mean, we saw earlier in the year kind of all those memes uh, of Daniel Sorensen or Ben Neiman, kind of guys that uh, uh, have been mainstays on this defense. But I think. Spagnuolo getting out of his comfort zone a little bit, finally getting a little more uh, quickness and athleticism out there. You talk about guys like Willie Gay kind of uh, um, finding a role for himself, and I think defensively guys like uh, Melvin Ingram bringing those guys in. I think it's getting out of his comfort zone a little bit as far as getting more more speed on the field um, and, and kind of guys that have maybe a little bit more well-rounded instincts as well. So I think when you when you kind of have the bag of tricks that Spagnuolo has, um, I think he's able to kind of mix and match a little bit more rather than just kind of going out there with the same old vanilla stuff, play after play. If you look at the numbers and you look at the Chiefs' defense, does it, for me, from watching the Chiefs, because, you know, being a division rival, that there seems to be a lot fewer missed tackles this year? Like, if you take Sorensen out, who misses tackles regularly, he has, I think he has like 11 or 12 and his missed tackle percentage is like something in the twenties, which means he misses one out of five tackles he attempts. But if you take him out of the the frame, you see solid tackling. Do you believe that tackling is a physical attribute or is a mental attribute? I I actually do believe it's kind of mental because I I think there's kind of this sense that um, I think one on one you kind of have to have a better understanding of angles. I think that's something that I've noticed a lot more this year. As I think this team is kind of, you know, using uh, using certain areas of, of the field to their advantage, whether that's kind of working things back to the inside or using the sideline to their advantage. I think that sticks out a lot more this year. So I think just having that sense uh, and understanding of that, I think that's a big part of it. 
uh, and kind of leading to uh, fewer missed tackles this year for sure. Now, when we come back, I want to delve into the offense and kind of get a rundown of what you've seen, what you like, and what you don't like. But that's after break. You're listening to the Full Press Words podcast on the FPC Radio Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We are back with the Four Brothers Risk Cop podcast. Terrence Booth. Brayden Hollisett. Brayden, one of the things I've noticed about Patrick Mahomes, yes, the interceptions are up, but also the, the completion percentages kind of – not what you expected. What have you seen as far as if we focus solely on this hot streak, the win streak, that you've seen him improve from the first couple of games of the season? When it looked like he just the throws were late, they were high, they were all over the place. What has he changed? I think the biggest thing is a little bit more. Uh, I, I think under control base. I think that was something that uh, with the new offensive line, he really was not comfortable. I think as far as early on really with the timing that he had in his dropbacks. And we've seen him a lot of times take some deeper drops, and I think he's kind of cleaned that up a little bit. So I think it's his pocket awareness. I think it's his base being a little bit more firm. And, and, and I do think one thing that you can kind of tell, if Mahomes is on, the ball plays usually uh, right where you kind of want it to be. And I think you look at the Chiefs kind of leading the team or leading the league in, uh, in drops right now. I think Mahomes is kind of doing what you want. I think it's just the little things that – I think stick out in him improving. It's kind of just the fundamental and the small things that kind of going back to his college days or early career days, you always kind of had to worry about in the back of your mind. Now, one of the things that we've seen also is the run game with Darrell Williams and CEH. How do they, during this this streak, what have you seen different from them during the streak that, will pay dividends in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think starting off with Daryl, I think it's kind of just getting that chance, honestly, uh, more than anything. But I think for him what stood out to me is just his, his kind of field vision and his patience. He's kind of known as a straightforward runner, which um, I think you want most of the time, a guy that doesn't really dance. Um, but I think he's kind of been a little more patient and allow 
uh, a lot of holes to open up. And then I think with Clyde Edwards-Elaire, I think his kind of understanding of just where to work different areas of the field, um, I, I think he's also kind of learned how to be a little bit more patient this year. Um, so, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just kind of uh, reading the defense and kind of having a better feel for where they're trying to come and attack or where they're trying to make you work. Now, if we look at the receivers and we look at how things broke down, the Chiefs are 8-4 and four, despite having 17 drops from their top two receivers combined in Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Do you think those drops are a function of bad ball placement or concentration or they just dropped it? Yeah, I, I think it's mostly just concentration. I think there's some plays this year where I, I think you, you see a little bit more hesitation from guys like Hill or Kelsey. I think just because, personally, I think they're seeing a little bit more uh, defensive looks that they're not used to seeing uh, against them. And I think sometimes those areas of, of the field, like middle of the field, uh, for Hill or Kelsey, I think they've just been a little more hesitant there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do think it's more just kind of concentration-based, um, something that, that hopefully for the Chiefs uh, changes soon because I think right now this is, kind of the biggest thing that's holding back their passing attack. Explain the enigma or just confusion that is McCall Hartman. Here's a guy who I thought that would be a weapon off the bat and just it doesn't seem like he I don't know, like his targets, he he does have forty three targets, but he's not cashing in. He has one one score and in twelve games it just what do you think the problem is with Hardman? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is he's kind of been stagnant ever since he came to the league now. Uh, in year three of the program, he's still kind of a gadget player, and I just think um, it, it is an offense for wide receivers. They kind of have talked before how intricate it is learning Andy Reid's um, offense. There's a lot that just play after play can change depending on what coverage they're seeing, what options they have. So um, I think being a gadget player, that's really held him back because – um, really never, I don't think, improved as far as a route runner yet. Um, never really been on the same page with Mahomes as far as kind of when to break off those route stems and when to round it off, when not to. So I think it's just a lot of combination of things where he's just not really a complete wide receiver for the NFL level. And um, I, I honestly wonder if uh, if his role is going to continue to decrease because we've seen punt return. He's not really out there anymore there uh, either. So if uh, – if his role kind of continues to diminish even further, uh, got to wonder how long it's going to be before he's off this team. As someone who covers the Raiders, I we know that Hill, Kelsey provide that threat in a passing game, but a guy that always seems to either make a big play or is around a big play, Demarcus Robinson. It just he doesn't get talked about a lot, but he's low key one of the better like supplemental receivers in the league. What do you see him being and what what do people miss when they observe his game? Yeah, I, I think the number one thing people might miss is kind of how good he is kind of with his counters and fakes uh during his route. I think he actually creates more separation than what people realize and, and I think in today's day and age that's kind of all the rave I think for a lot of a lot of people that, you know, scout receivers, uh, how well are they at separating? I think that's something that goes unnoticed for Robinson, especially I think with his releases uh, off the line of scrimmage. Um, 
definitely a guy that I think is a little bit deceptive uh, with kind of how he works and tries to stack defensive backs. So um, definitely a guy that I've kind of been surprised more teams haven't taken a chance on uh, in free agency during these last couple of years. It'll be interesting to see if that changes this time around. Now, when we come back, I want to look at the game and kind of fast forward to how, how you think things are going to be because I just – I'm not overly optimistic because we watched the Raiders go to Arrowhead and fail, but that's how we come back. You are listening to the Full Press Raiders podcast on the FEC radio network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are back with the Full Press Rated Podcast. Terrence Biggs, Raiden Holacek. Raiden, we know that Derek Carr fails in, one, cold weather, two, in Arrowhead. But yet, the, I want to say it was week five or six where John Gruden made a scene about winning at Arrowhead in front of, well, no one. As someone who has attended games at Arrowhead, explain to people what the vast difference between going there in an empty stadium and playing in front of that crowd. And why do you think Derek Carr struggles so much in Kansas City? Yeah, I, I think the thing that's so interesting there is I think when you when you buy a ticket, it's it's kind of crazy how much it's really not for the seat. I mean, everybody's kind of standing uh, the entire game, it seems like, especially when it's colder, um, which we've seen the Raiders play in that colder weather a lot, like you said. Um, I, I think the most difficult thing is, is I think there's a lot that just kind of goes on. Um, I think drive by drive, there's so much that it seems kind of to affect opponents, uh, maybe more than other stadiums. I think they can kind of get taken out of their element quickly. Um, just because I think you see once in a while the crowd um, really affects just the fundamentals as far as, you know, if it's a false start penalty, um, if it's guys kind of being thrown off with their timing. Um, it just seems to kind of surprise opponents more than anything, I would say. Now, the Raiders are a – they don't match up well with the Chiefs, be it from various things. They just don't seem to have that – they don't match up as far as – the ability to deal with speed and deal with the adjustments that the Chiefs make. Conversely, who do you think on the Raiders provides the worst matchup for the Chiefs? Like, gives them, will give them the most problems on Sunday? Yeah, I, I actually think it's Josh Jacobs. I was kind of surprised how uh, how little he kind of did against them the first time this year, which uh, Kenyon Drake. Um, being involved might be a big part of that, but uh, 
I think you go back to the game that the Raiders won at Kansas City last year. It just seemed like Josh Jacobs kind of had everything in his control, uh, really kind of baiting a lot of defenders, uh, getting to the open field, getting a lot of runs where it, it seems like he's kind of bottled up and he bounces it to the outside. So Josh Jacobs, to me, I think if he gets a heavy workload, um, that's that's going to be interesting to watch, especially kind of coming off a game where the Chiefs were maybe not as good tackling as they were previously uh, the last few games. So Josh Jacobs is kind of the top guy I'm watching for. going to be interesting to see how much uh, he gets fed. Now, if somehow the Denver Broncos land either Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers, rank the divisional quarterbacks one, two, four. All right, so yeah, I think I I got to put Mahomes uh, one and Herbert two. Um, I, I I think nothing really. Um, I I don't think there's anything to me that Herbert I think can't do. I think there's a lot that personally um, he's probably doing more by himself than what people realize. I think already uh, in his second year, but yeah, I think uh, if if Watson or or Rogers were to go to Denver, I'd probably put it three and then. Uh, Raiders, I guess it's just a question if uh, if Carr's there or not. But yeah, I'd probably put uh, if Carr's still there, him number four. I mean, I actually was uh, I would agree because it just doesn't seem like we've seen the best of Derek Carr. He's a, he's now at his ceiling. This is as good as he'll ever be, and it is what it is. If you had to predict a score for this Sunday's game, what would it be? Yeah, I think I'd probably go uh, Kansas City thirty-five. And Las Vegas 21, I think uh, this is kind of just a matchup that defensively, Gus Bradley, I'm interested to see, is he still going to kind of roll with that cover three look, uh, given what the Chiefs did to him uh, in Vegas? Uh, is he going to be kind of willing to change that? But uh, either way, I, I just kind of feel like this is a game where uh, the offense kind of finds itself a little bit. So uh, I think they get in the 30s, 35 uh, to 21. Now, where can people follow you on social media, and what what do you have coming up for FPC Chiefs? Yeah, you guys can follow us on Twitter at FPC underscore Chiefs, and uh, you guys can follow myself at Braden Holacek 9 uh, with the number 9 at the end. Uh, it's funny you kind of mentioned the Derek Carr uh, going to Arrowhead in December thing because I kind of have uh, an article based around that coming out today uh, as we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, game preview article and game preview podcast episode on the FPC Chiefs podcast will come out on Friday. And then uh, we'll have live coverage throughout the weekend. Uh, might actually be going to the game, so uh, we'll see. Might be some uh, pictures and videos that I can get on the account there. So it uh, should be a good time this weekend, hopefully. He is the preeminent Chiefs voice out there. Braden Holacek, thank you so much for joining us on Full Press Raiders podcast. Thanks for having me. Anytime, and the door is always open. This has been another episode of the Full Press Raiders Podcast. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.